to Everything Rugby. My name's Thomas and today I'm joined with Connor once again. Connor, how you doing, man? Yeah, not too bad. How about you, mate? I'm pretty good, man. I'm pretty good. I'm really excited for today's show. We've got a right good one for you today. Connor, tell them what the lineup is, my man. Uh, today we're going to be talking about showboating and its place in rugby. The Lions talk, which is going to be coming up, uh, Six Nations. But first, we're going to be talking about training and workouts. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, well, it's kind of, we, we're, we're more linking it to last week's when we talked about mental yeah. state, isn't it, really? I'm, yeah. really? I'm really excited for that because um, one thing we talked about our mental state for training and games but, and how we get in the right state for it, but we never really spoke about like that personal training, like when you, you're at home in your home gym or just doing weights in your bedroom or if you're actually in the gym post-COVID or pre-COVID even, you know, what really... What helps you get in your mi- mindset? So, what is it for you, kind of? What do you, what do you like listening to when you're working out, or do you even like listening to something? Like, what's your what's your go-to thing to do when you enter that gym? What- when I go into the gym, I like to start off by obviously I start off with a bit of a warm up, get muscles pumping and all, uh, blood pumping and all of that. Oh, cool. but I like to start off by listening to uh, a podcast by a comedian, which is very funny. And then after that, when I actually go to do weights, I put on some Slipknot and other music within that genre. Fair enough. Bro. I mean, once COVID is all over, man, first time I get in that gym, I mean, well, I'll be in the gym tomorrow. It's my practical session. Uh, it, we typically record this on a Monday, but I was I was dying yesterday. I have no reason why, but I just... I, hungover. No, no. <laughs> no, I was hungover Sunday, but not Monday. <laughs> um because of the amazing Super Saturday we had, you know the saying, Super Saturday, yeah. Super Pissed. Um, I made sure I lived true to that, uh, but <laughs> we'll get more onto that later. But was, I, I, every Wednesday I go into um, a gym in my college and I'm working out and shit just because it's part of my course, it's my practical. So as soon as I get in tomorrow, um, we will have a set workout, but I'll instructor or teacher lecturer or whatever you want to call him he will, he's basically treating it like okay so what do you guys want to work out on like do you guys want to just focus on like like bench press resistance workouts weights just more stuff that you guys want to do in the gym yourselves because obviously you've had no gym for so long and we're like yeah <laughs> so i know tomorrow as soon as i get in we're gonna have to do some cardiovascular for like the first two hours and I, I'm absolutely dreading it. So I'm trying to gain weight, mate. Like, you know, like, I'm trying to gain weight and I'm doing two hours of cardio. It's going to kill me. But we get get in. We, we actually aren't allowed earphones or anything. But if if I was, I'd, I'd start with... I wouldn't listen... Sometimes I might listen to a podcast. But sometimes, I like, genuinely, I just stick... If I'm on the treadmill, I'll just stick Netflix on in front of me. I'll just start watching Netflix. Because it's just... It, it just Gets it like you know, like a show like Friends, yeah. because mm-hmm. it's something after, that just passes the time. So I'd love yeah. to, I just watch it while I'm running, really. After my workout, I always usually get on the bike, and when I'm on like the bike, I just spin and I just good low program. resistance, chuck a good TV show on on your phone, maybe a YouTube video, you should gets watch the, it and just spin through. Gets the mind clear after a good session, yeah. doesn't it? But as soon as, soon as I do that, um, and for example, if I, I was post-covid or pre-covid what i do then is i know i just i don't seem like the sort of guy like this but a sort of drill beat 
like no lyrics yeah. just a beat really just gets me in the right mindset if i'm doing especially if i'm doing like a bench press or leg press or squats or whatever like yeah. in that sense in a power lifting sort of sense like deadlift as well like, listening to a drill beat i don't know what it is no lyrics just a beat or just my head goes like this is it you know and uh i just i get really into it and one person right now his music isn't released but i absolutely love it because he sends me tracks i've actually got some tracks on my phone right now and i, I love having them i played them i played them for you only the other day con it was actually yeah. it was the day after um we were talking about we we, we just because obviously last week in the podcast we were talking about listening to music and that conversation hasn't really ended between me and Connor. We still kept that conversation going. Um, and like the day after, because we didn't speak for like two days and <laughs> it's day after we started the conversation about music again, mate sent me these tracks and I was just, I've only got two of the tracks right now and I've just got them on a loop on my phone and I'm just there for, they're only about, they're about three and a half minutes, I think at most for each track. And I did about a half an hour workout to listening to these tracks, just back on biceps, just to, and I, I couldn't get enough of them. And that is by um, RJ, uh, produced by RJ um, or Rajdeep or RJ Beats, whatever you want to say. He didn't tell me what he wanted to call him, but um, I will leave his Instagram tag in the uh, in the bio of the episode so you guys can go check him out listen to his stuff himself where he posts on his he posts little snippets of stuff on his insta but he's unfortunately not released anything yet and i am very sad about that because i keep telling him bro you gotta release them because it, it's annoying me now man i've only got the two tracks and i want more and he's like i'll, I'll make more just for you tom and i can't wait to get them but Honestly, I think I think you're gonna love it as well, Connor. I think you're you're gonna love this when you get onto those benches and stuff. Forget the uh, the ones the stuff you which you sent me. Yeah, I, I got you to live. I didn't I, send them. I to love them. I played, I played them on Facetime. I never sent them to you. Yeah, no, the one which you played me was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So big up Rajdeep does amazing stuff, and I can't wait for him to actually start releasing it. And I really hope everyone who listens to this. Gives him a chance and listens to him his stuff too. One day when he releases it, I'd like to get him on here so he can do his perspective of making the beats himself. Because he said he was going to make some beats personally for me to try to so to see what he's thinking when he made them, you know. <laughs> but moving on, Con, what we got next? Next we have got the Six Nations. Alright. Uh, we're going to start off. Super Saturday, where do you want to start, Con? You take the lead here, buddy. Let's start off with the least eventful of the three games being Scotland, Italy. You hurt me with those words. You hurt me with those words, my friend. <laughs> least eventful. It was the most eventful in my opinion. <laughs> 21 years in the tournament. 32 games without a win. And yet, no, sorry, 31 games without a win. And they add to that total, making it 32. <laughs> To think I was gonna buy an Italy jersey, I haven't. I thought you did. I didn't get to. I ran. I, I had to pay for my mother's birthday present. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm still gonna get it. I'm still gonna get it. And I can't wait the, to get it. The 
key things I picked up on from watching the highlights was Scotland's slow start Definitely. compared to how they usually start. Mm. Italy's. I mean, they had Hogg. Took like. They had Hogg in, in the yeah. ten position as a fly half, and even though he does play it, he doesn't know that position. I think as an international player, I just I don't think he suits it. Yeah, I, might, not, I might be wrong on that. As much as like you know, you have this is a player's position. When they go from like Nash, like club rugby to internationals, think about like Owen Farrell. Our club leaders best in yeah, ten, but yeah, internationally you play the best the position in you feel most comfortable with. Yeah, in that team, he looked, in that atmosphere. Hog just looked out of position for me in ten. I mean, you could see how he was playing ten. He was playing ten as a fullback. Yeah, you, know, you see, you see tens like a ten, like when. When you're in that defensive line, your 10 will drop out the line sometimes and hold in the middle, and you'd have your fullback a bit further back. You know, and then obviously you've got the winger, whoever's dropping on one side, whichever way it is. But, like, I feel I feel like I was definitely seeing as Hogg wanted to be a bit further back. You could see him pushing a bit further back in there, and I feel yeah, he just he seemed not liking not it. And as soon as he got a chance, uh, the, I think that. They saw it themselves because, you know, as soon as they took off, um, I can't think who they took off now. I, I can't think of his name, but the, the fullback of the day, they took him off. Hogg moved into fullback position and they put on a sub-10, you know. And I feel like Hogg then, even though nothing major really happened because it wasn't really a turnaround in that game until, like, it, there was a turnaround about, I'd say, I'd say it was about... 30 minutes into 20 to 30 minutes because it was a very slow start and it was a very even game up to that point but you, when, when they switched it there wasn't much of a change but you just saw like watching Hog and pl- how he played you just saw more more just feeling comfortable you know? yeah knowing uh, that uh, that little through the legs behind him you know that little pass if that was a try that would have been beautiful out to the wing <laughs> As much as uh, I was supporting Italy, it would have been beautiful if it was a try. I watched it, I went, oh, for sake. Italy's <laughs> that team which you support, but you don't expect. Exactly, that's why I, su- I support them, because it's like, um, I will, or, thing is, if I have money, I will always place a bet on Italy to win. Because, I, I'm not going to bet much, I'll bet a quid. I'll bet a quid, I'll lose a quid, so what? If they win, I win about 300. It's a bet worth making, you know. It's not like if I'm betting on Ireland to win. Realist, if I bet a quid, I'm winning about three. You know, it's a bet. Yeah. It's worth it, you know. So, in speaking of Italy, they've got like young, hungry players, and I think they're building for the future. And then think about like what Eddie Jones does. I think Italy are doing a more less less known version of that. As Eddie Jones builds for the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the thing is, you saw this last week, last week on Super Saturday. I think the youngest player was 19 in the back mm-hmm. row. He was a 12. That's um, pretty much unheard of. You know, and then, like, on average, the age for the Italy team is about 21, 22. You know, they're young players, you know, and it's like you see, you see, like, one of the youngest players on the island squad. Who we'll be talking about in a minute? Um, I, I can't think. I, I couldn't think. Tell you who it was, but 
the youngest average age is about 22 like 20 to 22 you know i know it's only one year but then you've got about it then goes 23 26 and then sexton being 35 you know like you've got a big range between experienced players and the young players and it's just like and they work well together because they're learning from each other and they're just you're not seeing it that effectively for for Italy because they've only got a few really experienced players and they're not in a position of where these youthful players are. They're forwards instead of, you know, these backs and Yeah. Hopefully I'm hoping I'd say two years time, you know, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna see Italy we're gonna see Italy doing some good things, some great things. And 100%. I don't I don't know if they I feel like they might get they're not gonna win the tournament, I can tell you that. But I feel in two years' time, I wouldn't be surprised if Italy are coming in. They beat Scotland because at the moment, Scotland is the easiest one to beat out of yeah. out, out of the rest of the six nations, out of the five other nations. Agreed. Scotland is the easiest to beat. 100%. I mean, and then it's England. Ah. I mean, then it's Ireland. Then it no, is, not even that Wales. I mean, we can't say that considering what the standings currently are. <laughs> you know? I, I can... Okay, Wales... Let's put it like this, right? Wales have not... Okay, they've only won one game which they actually deserve to win. The rest of them were just pretty much throwaways. I mean, I know I, I was saying that myself. I was saying that myself. Cool. I think, no, I think, don't even get me wrong. I think the Scotland game... I think the Scotland game was... It was unfair to Scotland, but... I feel more comfortable to say. I feel. I definitely feel more comfortable to say that they would have still won. I was heartbroken about the Scotland game because I was back. I was like, after watching that first game of Scotland, I was like, they're gonna win this bloody tournament. Like they're who I'm putting my money on. And then that game, and I thought that's just so unfortunate. And I feel like that's where I was kind of upset about because I was like, mm-hmm. it's just not not gonna happen, you know. Yeah, no, they're, they're, for me, not quite the best. But do you want to move on to the England-Ireland game? Oh, of course I do. Obviously you do. It still can't make it past was, the quarters, but you still want to talk about it. It was an amazing game. It was a brilliant game. Um, I, feel, I feel England and Ireland have both had very uh, upsetting tournaments, considering mm-hmm. uh, bad games against Wales, um you, bad resting against Wales. You had a you had a bad game against who was it? It was Scotland, wasn't it? You lost to you lost mm-hmm. to Calcutta Cup this year, didn't you? Um, you're lagging quite a bit. Oh shit! Is it my Wi-Fi? My Wi-Fi. My Wi-Fi is probably fucking up. Ah, uh, okay. Really? Good, I don't worry, I can cut this out. Um, what was the last thing That's you said? Good. England Ireland. I was truly blown away by the win that we had because I just weren't expecting it. I really thought it was going to be a very close game. I thought most most it was going to be was like a point in it. I thought it was really going to come down to the last minute. Um, but I, I didn't. I've I've never been so proud of Ireland. You know, even though we had bad bad starts to the tournament. You know and. Yeah, unfortunate 100%. things happened for both teams. Clearly, England just didn't show up the way that I expected them yeah. to, and 
you know, Ireland took advantage of that. And really, what all I'm going to say is, Keith Earls is try. The only words I'm going to say to you. The, the one thing for me is, compared to England and Ireland, obviously there's still stakes involved, but Ireland was sending off a player, so they're obviously going to invest more emotionally into it. Whereas England, it's just no chance of us winning yeah. that much this year. So, I mean, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, Aki's card came quite late, Bundy Aki. His card came yeah. quite late in the game. But England didn't capitalise. That's one thing which they did terribly. Yeah, and that's what I was saying too. So, even though so Ireland came in, they did an amazing thing. So, Keith Fells and Jack Conan, they scored first half tries. Um, and Sexton had, I think, I don't know if it was for the entire game or... Um, but 22 points in that in that game or in that first half. But it was, um, I think it was definitely in the game, wasn't it? I couldn't tell you the stats, but it was, ru- it was roughly about that. Cause I don't think I don't think he missed one. Um, Farrell did. Farrell missed a few, didn't he? Um, yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, but like as soon as Aki got his card, you saw you saw it open the door for England a bit and. Well, it opened the door wide open, didn't it? It was, it was a, yeah. you had a massive overlap, and they did take advantage to an extent because Ben Youngs and Johnny May they both scored a try, but it just did not do it for them because it's like you you had this massive opportunity, you had an extra man, you had the overlap, and you still didn't win. So what's that saying about England in that point? Where's their mental state for for that game? Like, what is the coaching like? What was the because. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like sugarcoat this. The, that was a shit show for England. Yeah, one hundred percent. Considering how the last time Ireland beat England was at Twickenham for twenty eighteen for the Six Nations Grand Slam, and you've beaten us every single time since. So that is just appalling. For yeah. England also, nothing. Like with that is with me. England under Eddie Jones have always been. This is our plan. We're going to throw it down in the first five minutes of the game. Mm, definitely. Whereas you have other teams like Ireland, Wales, France, Italy, Scotland, Australia, America, literally every other international team, as well as at the club level, will come in with ideas. But they'll let the game unfold. Yeah. Whereas England, they're just like, here's our game plan, mate. Fucking destroy it. But yeah. you can't because they've already killed you with like 10, 20 points. Ah, yeah, yeah. Well, honest to God, mate, as a, mm-hmm. a, as a rugby fan, not an Ireland fan, I'm going to say England let me down because I was expecting yeah. for a stronger game. I was expecting for more on the edge of my seat. Um, but, you know, amazing things happen. And I do have one person who I do really want to credit in this. Obviously, he's, not, he's never going to hear it, but I want you to respect him. Ireland's fullback, obviously, he had a he had massive boots to fill. You know, after Rob Rob Carney, you know, after he's retired from international, I don't know if he has fully re- if he's announced his retirement from international, but he he isn't playing international rugby for Ireland anymore. He's moved down to Australia to play Super Rugby for I believe it's the Stormers. I could be wrong, um, but how he's. Hugo Keenan, I believe his name is. I might have said it wrong. Might have butchered his last name there. But he's played every minute 
of Ireland's Six Nations campaign. Which is insane. It is insane because you don't see that. You don't. Like, I, He's... I, you, you have yeah you do see like you don't you do see players being taken off but the, technically this is his second Six Nations, but he only got started last November or October when the Six Nations returned after COVID's for yeah. COVID cancelled it. You know, it's his first year. Within it's the his Six first Nations. year isn't the Six Nations really because he only played I think two games. There. But to come come in in such a role that the man so it's so demanding of skill and. To be able to take charge in that role is for anyone is hard, but for such a young player, and to have the sh- to be in like honestly, God, at the beginning of this tournament, I thought he's gonna do good things, but he'll always be in the shadow of Rob Carney. And I saw how he played and thought he's not in the shadow of anyone, is he? He's he's creating the shadow. He, yeah, it's like he's making sure he's putting a name his name on the map, and <laughs> he's doing it. And he's making he's doing it effectively and you know he it was shown by the fact that he played every minute it's so rare that such a young player will play every minute yeah and obviously we've had plenty of players who have done that this tournament but to have done it with such an impact i guess i'm not sure if lewis reese samick did play every minute for wales but here's another example of as much as we we've been digging on wales he he is an example of someone who if he has played every minute, he's he's played with an impact and he's played a good game. He has, and yeah. we, we'll come more onto him in a bit, to be honest. But um, yeah, so I guess that that's a, that's a good. Unless you've got another thing to say about Ireland, England, um, I think that's a disappointing. Good, it's a good England way to should have taken advantage yeah. of the red card. On the on the note of Zamit, it's time to move on to the heartbreak for many, but the the. Life, the life raft for for some. And the, myself, um, the Welsh, French. the Welsh, French game. Now, I watched that game. I was on the edge of my seat the entire thing because it was everything we expected and ten times more, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Um, Phenomenal. So, um, at the end of it, I'm not gonna lie. As much as I didn't want Wales to get the Grand Slam, I did feel I felt the pain. You saw the pain in their faces, and you could not. No, no matter either way which that game would have gone, Wales or France, you would have felt the pain. Yeah, because it, because you knew it was going to be a close game. It's like we we as players, we've definitely experienced those big losses and those those big wins. But the thing that sticks the most is those small losses. Where yeah. they're the biggest losses because you've lost so a couple of points, and mm-hmm. it's you, you know you've been working hard to keep it there. You've been le- and it's you, we we know that pain as players, and yeah. so many people will know those pains. And yeah, I you can't as much as we've been saying bad things about Wales, you cannot fault their passion and. And the Not fact that so many of those players, so many of those players did deserve a win. So the many, French deserved it more, in my personal opinion. I'm very I, obviously I've been on France's side. I've been talking them up for the past three weeks, like but as have I. And honestly, I, I reckon France got their well-deserved win. 
last week I, I just, said I don't know though after watching that game I just I watched that game supporting France all the way but I don't I don't feel like I don't feel like Wales would have deserved the win I don't feel like France would have deserved the win I just I, it's a very it's a position that I'm in like just wow that's happened yeah. you know and what, what I will say is Next week, the way that France have to win, France have to win. I think if they don't win with a bonus point and by 21 points, they lose the tournament. Yeah. France, for me, the one thing which I said they did wrong against England is they didn't have the experience to close a game. This game showed that France can close a game convincingly. Yeah. within the last couple of minutes. I mean, it was definitely a difficult one for them because they're coming in against the, the reigning champs of the championship and everyone's saying, oh, this team, they're, they're massive, they're, they're, they're not going to win like as much as they've been doing good things, you know, especially after that knock against England, no way they're going to come back and win this and it's the best team in the tournament at the moment. And, well, they really well did and, you know, it takes me back to something I think I said to you last week. It was com- how I said in the into the England um, France game how the commentator mentioned he went neither of these teams do well as an, as um, the favourite you know and it showed yeah. it shown it to in that because it went well they were the underdog France were and they they they, they were the massive it was, they were the underdog like how Italy's the underdog against Scotland it was like that scaled up you know like that's how against this Welsh team and. Yeah, but for me, there's no need for it to be that scaled up because this France team is just. I mean, this, too France, talented. No, this France team is good. The players are great, but it took them way too late in this tournament to get their heads on screwed on right, and they just got lucky with the wrecking. Yeah, hundred. That's yeah. what I'm gonna say. That's what I'm gonna say. They got lucky with the wrecking at the start of the tournament. All those players are great, but they got lucky with the wrecking. Because they didn't have their head screwed on right. The French or the Welsh? You asking me to choose? Yeah, who who do you reckon? Who do you reckon is going to win? Yeah. Who do you reckon has got this tournament? Wales. It all depends. It all depends on the Scottish team that shows up. Not the French team yeah. that shows up. It depends on the Scot. Obviously, it does depend on the French team, but. You know, if that's got if the Scottish team that's shown up against Italy with those slow starts show up, it's just, it's not going to happen for them. It, no, no, sorry, it's not going to happen for Wales. It's it France won't do what Italy did because they're a better team. France are going to come in and bloody well show them who is boss. If they see slow start, they see them not wa- not wanting it as much and just not having it in them. France are going to take massive advantage of that. And, yeah, know, and France is a team who can take Yeah, they can. See, Italy tried. Italy definitely tried in that, but they, they, they don't have the ability to take advantage like France, for example. And, you know, and that's and it, that's the thing. If, if, if Scotland show up, if the good team of Scotland that I saw at the beginning of this tournament show up, you know, 100%. Scotland Wales is one of them, though. Wales will have this, like a hundred percent, if if that Scottish team show up. Wales are gonna, Wales are gonna have. For me, Scotland are a team which you get everything or you get nothing. 
there's no middle ground. Exactly. And it's not it's not what you want out of a team really, but it's they very rarely give nothing, but they obviously are always giving everything. But yeah, but they very rarely their give their game no doesn't fight. show it, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. You know, and you see it and yeah. But I think from that, I think we should move into our next topic. Because Super Saturday shown a lot of this. Because we saw three amazing tries, which would have been beautiful as tries, but were disallowed. And arguably, I'd say they were disallowed because of the showboating. Because the tries yeah. were showboating. And maybe I'm wrong, but, you know, maybe it was just a try and still, but they weren't, a lot of the time, they weren't, not, they were not treating it like the game that was at hand. You saw them trying no. stuff that just shouldn't have been happening. I agree. Like I think rugby, like you know this, you plan so many moves and you only use like a couple of them. And they're all very showboaty and they're all very different, but you plan so many and you only use like two or three in a game. Yeah. It's like, it's just not, it's not a mean, like, it shouldn't be happening, like, but it does, and, yeah, and what can you say, like, just cut out showboating completely, get rid of these fancy tries, just play one, no, because we don't want to watch that, but is it getting too much to showboating and showing off big tries now, or are we in a situation where, you know, we can. We 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 at the point that this is that we want to take rugby to the next level. Let's get all fancy. Let's. But then that argues where 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 are the forwards in this? Or the forwards have to develop it as more of a hybrid player now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you have a look at like um, in the England side, you got like Marikoje and uh, a couple of others, and then you've got Jamie George. One of them's hybrid. One of them's just a forward in my personal opinion, and they're all amazing at their job. It's just what their job is. Like Tom Curry, can he run? Yes. Can Jamie George? No. Can Anthony Watson do like run? Obviously, because that's his job. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like yeah. you're asking forwards to do backs things, mm. which they just don't have the ability to do. I'll tell you, someone from this, from Super Saturday, who definitely showed me as a hybrid player, who's right forward, Jack Conan. Irish mm. number eight that week, first time in the number eight this season, this uh, Six Nations I think. Main person in the number eight is another amazing man who announced his retirement from international and club rugby. TJ Stander. Amazing. I was going to botch that name. I'm so glad you got it. <laughs> it's amazing. He's, He's, he's decided he's going to step back and I feel like he had a lot more rugby in him but I like how he's decided to end things on his own terms yeah I mean it's one of them do you ride off into the sunset now or do you do what um, Johnny Sexton is doing and run yourself into the ground and just uh, turn into me, a Sexton is not running himself into the ground he's getting very close to it but he's, still, he's shown England this week that he bloody well isn't you know, no, you want a finish on the high, and the thing is with yeah. Johnny Sexton, I still believe Johnny Sexton's finishing on that high. 
Uh, he, he wants to, he wants to play. He wants to finish. He wants to finish the World Cup, doesn't he? In twenty twenty. Yeah, which means he will get kicked out of the quarters. It always happens. That like isn't the way I would like to end a career. I wouldn't want him to get. I don't want him to get injured and let that be the realization for him. Yeah. But he he's how how like, we've discussed this before on the podcast, or definitely we've discussed it, but. How at the moment, so he re- he signed a new contract, and for the last couple of years, he he's, he said, well, yeah, I've signed a new contract, it's only for a year. The last couple of years, it's been a year. It's, you do a year, how are you feeling? You think you could go another? Yeah, we'll sign you for another one. That's how it's been, and obviously Ireland might choose not to select him, but I don't think they will as long as he's playing good for Leinster. They're not gonna say even if Carberry is doing well, like and his his injuries completely healed, they're gonna be like, right, you're on the bench, mate. Sexton, you're still starting, but Sexton might be playing only, I don't know, forty minutes or sixty minutes, and Carver or fifty minutes even, and Carver's then taking the, the the second half basically, you know. Yeah, or, I don't see them. I don't see them doing it for Harry Byrne or Ross Byrne. I don't see them doing it for Billy Byrne. I don't see them doing it for um for any other player really, other like to give that amount of respect and the, the, for especially if it's World Cup time. I just God forbid, you know, like, touch wood. Um, he doesn't get injured again, Joey Carberry, because he's an amazing player, and hopefully he'll be back yeah. at full form, be able to play, because, you know, I love to watch him play, because he, 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 he trained under Sexton, and he played with Sexton, and trained under Sexton so many, so many um, years, and then yeah. he moved to Munster, got his own place, and he re- really, really, really got a oomph in his step, and how he played, he, Showing what set he's he's been able to learn from one of the best, but then been given his own time away in a different club in a different province to to be his own player. Yeah, so he's learned from someone who's amazing. Yeah. But now he's moulded what he's learned. I I couldn't agree with you more when it comes to him. He's learned from someone brilliant, but now he's turned it into his own thing and he's creating a new piece of art by himself. Defo, defo. And I can't wait to see that. But I, how this started was the showboating, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I feel someone who definitely will is Carberry, but you because he's very sane. He knows Ireland's players, as we've discussed, of <coughs> taking that when we've given the advantage, doing something fancy. I say Carberry is better at doing something fancy. Yeah. The thing is, I don't see Ireland as. Obviously, they can be, but I don't see Ireland as that team who can, you know, champagne like Wales back in the, I want to say, 80s. I'm not quite sure about, you know, that like fancy offload, just all of that. Current day Fijian rugby. Yeah, Fijian. Yeah, I can't see see them doing that stuff, but, you know, they have done it before and yeah, and last week, I, I hated to watch was they were treating it like it was an exhibition game, and I didn't like it. And yeah. Every team was, you know, you saw players and you think, yeah, you want to give us a good time, you, but for goodness' sake, that like, you saw how um, Stuart Hogg did that pass beneath his legs, and the try wasn't allowed, you know. I, yeah, I don't see anything that could be wrong with that personally, but you know. I mean, no, but it's like what. what it's like asking the question, what if you caught that ball and drawn in the player 
and then pass the ball. Would that have been a try? Yes, it would have been because that would have. If he if he caught that ball, ran a bit, you know, drawn in a player from that wing, that ball would have been out and would have been a try. And it's like there's the line, there's where an amazing, smart, beautiful play happens, and you just did something stupid. But if it had worked, if it had worked, we would have been like, that was amazing. You know, that was an amazing try. That's, that's my point. Like, it's, it's very if it works or if it doesn't. But I feel even yeah. with Keeper's try that worked this weekend, you know, off the back of that, it was yeah, a bit too much. But then you watch it again and you're like, that was completely. Like, you watch it zoomed in and you're like, that was a fluke. That was a fluke. Yeah. <laughs> you you know, can't. It's, you're it's like, I would like to see you do that again. To get the ball. No, Keith could run it. But to get the ball to him in that position, to him, yeah, that's a completely that was a fluke. You know that wasn't skill. So mm-hmm. like, I, but I, when I first watched it, I thought, I don't like that. I don't like that he's done something like that. But then they zoomed in. And I'm like, oh no, they, they didn't mean that. He just tried getting control of the ball and messed it up. <laughs> yeah, that's what's happened there. <laughs> but, the thing is, like, I think some players try and go a bit too, like, a bit too. Uh, with their plays and it shouldn't work and it doesn't work or they go over the top and it should work and it does work but either way I think you should just keep basic if you're going to go for a pass don't go for any fucking fancy shit but don't go look, you don't go for between the legs where you weren't looking like sometimes it works and sometimes it's amazing but I guess against Italy you can do it because you can afford it but you know, it, it's like, would you do that against a world class team? Not that Italy isn't, but would you would, do that would you against a like, top team? Would you have done that against Ireland? Would you have done that against France? Would you have done that against England? Would you have done that against Scotland? No, you wouldn't no. have. So, don't, so don't, don't, don't get cocky. Don't embarrass yourself trying to embarrass a team because they bloody well show yeah. that they can do, they can, they know how to play. And, you know, even though it was an it was an atrocious game for Italy, I know we're going back to Italy because I love them, and I'm trying to stretch out this podcast a bit. <laughs> as much as much as I love them, it's like the team got shown yesterday was an atrocious game for them. That wasn't Italy to me. To me, that was. But at the same time, what you saw was you did see Italy. Like yeah, it wasn't it. like the Italy which they can be. Exactly, and that's a that's a completely different sort of like, you know. Yeah, I'm just I'm just hoping for big things to be honest. Could not agree more. Should should we move on then? Should we move on from the Six Nations and flashy plays and etc. And if it's getting too do much. You, do you want to move into the Lions talk because they've been announced for the first one? Brilliant. Would you would you like to tell me what's going on there? So, Jamie Roberts, Lions 15, announced to face South Africa. Do you know what it is, or do you want me to go for it? Yeah, let's, let's just talk away for it, man. Let's talk away for it. Stuart Hogg from Scotland, brilliant player, one of the best. He's in at 15. I could not disagree with that at all. Best fullback they could selected. I mean... Do you disagree? What I am going to say is, I'm going to say this real fast. Because we're going to see who's at number 11. Or, I don't mm-hmm. know. You know, for such a young player in his position, so new to the game, to be trusted in such a starting position, you know. Is 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 that 
it, realistically, is, is it time that maybe Hog didn't have that starting position? If, if we're going to trust someone who is brand new, should we trust someone brand new in that position who has shown that he can play that position like Hugo? And I'm not just saying yeah. because he's an Irishman, but I'm saying it because, well, it's, he's it's the best. a fact. If, if we're gonna, he could select. Who, 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 are, we, are we now are we choosing a player because of his respect and his captainship and everything we know about him or in that sense or um, and what he does he deserve rather than he's no longer the better player but yeah, arguably arguably if Carney was still playing international rugby arguably it'd be him being chosen and that's and I, I maybe I wouldn't argue it as much if it was an mm-hmm. Irishman maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm just being a bit biased but you know no yeah, in the back three with him, you got and Anthony oh, Anthony Watson. <laughs> yeah, Anthony Watson. Sorry, my reading's all. Oh, I I just noticed something. Um, what? Yeah, so this one. So I got sent one from my fr- my friend Lewis Reece Samit was apparently number eleven, but they've got Josh Adams instead. That was my, that was my point earlier about um about having such a young player in this new position move like Josh Adams yeah. he, I, res- I respect that he deserve, he would deserve it in that sense but it's like mm-hmm. sorry but anyway yeah Anthony John uh, Anthony Watson for England definitely definitely well deserved there he's a great young player well not young player yeah. but you know what I mean he's a youthful he's a great player, player. he's a youthful mm-hmm. player in a sense he's not um, he's not too old no. he's not old and rusty like some other people not going to mention Hall. any names you know old yes <laughs> I was trying to be a bit respectful to your feelings there, but yeah. if you want to be a dick about it, we I, can. I mean, mate, you're an English fan, so <laughs> give it a minute. <laughs> it doesn't mean I have to be a dickhead. I mean, the English aren't dickheads. Mm. This is different, this lineup that I'm seeing here, because I got shown one earlier. Right, I tell you, you had, se- had Sexton at 10 instead of Dan Digger. Sorry, um, we've got Hen- uh, George-, George North, I don't know if you said he's playing outside centre. Yeah, uh, Robbie Henshaw is twelve. Now I don't like that. Henshaw can play both. Henshaw can play both, but he shouldn't. He's he's better he at outside. Be he is a better outside centre. He's wasted on that inside, in my opinion, mm-hmm. with his speed. But I guess it's it's very much like um you know back in the day when uh Brian O'Driscoll was um it was it was an English uh, when Brian O'Driscoll was captain he was playing outside and inside. And um, I can't think of the English player's name, but he was playing inside and outside as well. Like they were switching about, and they had they did an interview about it, and they were like, "Well, they were like Driscoll's faster than me." But like, they're, they're both outside centres, but it's like you're you're faster than me. But your acceleration is better than me, so it's like, it's like you got to try and mix them up to see it's like what you get both, best. Both of them are outside centres, but I don't think George North would. Mm-hmm. Like Robbie Henshaw plays inside centre as well, but George North, and maybe I'm wrong, but it's he's new, he's he's newish to the centre in centre position. So yeah, mate. Put, put him in, put him in. Some some well, more speed, more speed base, and it right really being yeah. outside. Anyway, you were you were telling um, us continue, please. Uh, Dan Bigger in at ten. Yeah. Um. Uh, what do you think of that? Mm. There are better ten. I'd say I'd say Finn Russell. I I think this is my personal opinion. For his ability to read a defense, they have got 
the best ten in the world who they can select, and they just left him out, just purely off his ability to read a defense, and they just who you saying? Which is who you saying there? Who do you think? Ford. Ford. Yeah, George Ford. Thing is, obviously, I've seen a different one to this, so. God knows what the real one is going to be because obviously it's, it's not for a while for this tour, but it's it's going to change and you know and we might be completely wrong because obviously they, they, these are just they, we expect all of these players to be showing up to training camp for it, but yeah, we, we it get, was last updated on the chosen the week of the game, so I don't know why we're going so you know into it like this, this, these are definitely numbers. The one which I got was last updated today at four thirty. Uh, the one that my friend Daniel, Daniel Dan sent me, um, I couldn't tell you where what time it was from, but you know it was de- there was different names to what's on the sheet in front of me today, but yeah, um, it's fine. Number Should nine, it, number nine. What do you think of that? Yeah. Conor Murray, Conor Murray, at number nine. Well, who do you think? Who who would you want? Would you want Ben Youngs? Ben Youngs, Ben Youngs. I prefer Ben Youngs. Ben Youngs, yeah. Would you not? No. And I'm not saying because he's English. I'm, I think Murray is the better swimmer. Personally. I think it really all depends on what you want to use them for. Mm. That makes sense. Murray's box kick is way better. And we're actually, if we want yeah, to look, look at the last matchup between these two players, yeah. who played the better game? One might have got a try, but who played the better game was scrum half. Murray. So going off, going off the last evidence we have of this matchup, that's the right decision. Yeah, but going off their overall, Murray, I would not put him in there. That's just my personal opinion. And if he comes through on the tour and he blows it out of the park, I'll happily hold my hands up and go, I'm wrong. Yeah. But at the minute, I don't think I will. So moving on to the forwards. We have, how many Welshmen we have? We have... Four Welshmen, is it? Yeah, this, there's one person who I wouldn't leave out at all, Who's but that? they've left out. Who? Mario Toge. And that, it's not me saying this as an English fan, it's me saying it says he is, in my opinion, the best. Man, uh, here's the thing now. Here's, the, here's what I'm going to say, and I'm going to go back to the England Island as the matchups. Because mm-hmm. we, we look at the Irishman who we've got on there. Now, you know full well Alan Wynne-Jones. Alan Wynne-Jones is better in, in that position than anyone. Better than Maratoji. He is a better player. He, he is. Maratoji reads the game in a different sense, but you, I guess you can't argue one is better than the other because they, they read it in a different sense. But playing that position, I would... T- okay. If you have the ability, you get to pick one, you have to put him up in a line-out. Who are you putting up? Jones or Atoji? Atoji. He's better in Atoji. the lineup. He's better in the lineup, but then you say he's better at getting himself over the ball and being an absolute pain in the arse at the breakdown as well. Maybe I don't know, but what you can't argue is Tyg Burney deserves that. But he's a ve- I don't know if he deserves it. Like he deserves to no. be at the camp. Mm. I don't know if he deserves to start. But Hendy now Ian Henderson, I think he should be in there as an Irish player. Yeah, having that Henderson is an amazing player. I reckon uh, the current one, Alan Jones, leave him in, but I would change 
the other second row. I'm not going to try and pronounce the name because I'm going to botch it. Team with Toe Jay, 100%. Tyg Bernie. Yeah, Bernie. Okay. All right, so then we got... Um, we, we haven't actually done this. So we got Win Jones at number one, Ken Owens at number two. Ken Owens has been had amazing Six Nations campaign uh, for Wales. Then we have Tyg Furlong, and um, I sent you a video of Tyg Furlong celebrating after that uh, scrum in the England Ireland game. It, it summed up the entire game for me. If you don't know um, the reaction, it was a pure joy and um, just he just shouted and did a little dance. On the pitch, like how he jumped up in the air, it's like never saw a man that size jump that high. But it was beautiful to see, and it summed up the entire game for me. Just I, I've seen, I've seen a guy that size jump. Fucking amazing! <laughs> it, it was a, um, it, it just a, a absolute, absolute legend. Ty Furlong, I believe he is number three. Yeah, I do not argue. No. Maybe, maybe potentially, no. maybe potentially number one and number two. I think maybe not Wynne Jones and Ken Owens. I think I think one of them definitely should be, but I think maybe we should have an English front row in there. Yeah. Because the, Engli- the English front row is very strong, but unarguably, Ty Furlong definitely should be in it. Furlong, I'm not even going to argue with that. Best in the free shirt, this Six Nations, in my personal opinion. Throughout hmm. the entire Six Nations, you've got a solid game. Then we have Scottish mullet. Hamish Watson at number six. What do you think of that? The hair is a bit questionable, <laughs> but, <laughs> but the play, the player is brilliant, and I won't argue that he's a really, yeah. really. He reminds player. me. He reminds me of a version of I've his name. The uh, the New Zealand guy who has that perfectly long mullet, and you're like, what the? F-? Yeah. Right. That's gonna be fun to edit. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so Hamish Watson, definitely a player. Um, 100%. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna want to see. And Tom Curry, I 100% agree. Maybe I do want to see an Irish player in that. Um, I don't know. No, really. I think, who would you take out though? Because there's no chance, no, you're taking fucking other Prince. I mean, though. again, there's I no think, chance, I think no, you're taking Tom I think, Curry. No, I think, I think, I'd say... Peter, Mah- I can't say his last name. I'm gonna butcher his last name now. Uh, Peter Mah- Mahoney, Mahoney or Mahoney or however it's said, you know. Um, I feel him, Tom Curry, Hamish Watson, they're on the same level. Yeah. I don't think but that can be I'm, argued. They are on the same. I level. would put Tom kind of either of them for his sheer shit house rate. True, true. Right. No. Um, to end it, what this says, number eight. 100% disagree with. It should not be him. Yeah, I, I would put a newborn in before him. 100%. Mate, do not I, agree with that. I, I think he's a good player, but no way is he the player who is not the best option. He's not the best option. No. I'd rather have Jack Conan. And I know I've talked up Jack Conan, but he, he doesn't live up to some other options that we have for the Lions. But I think 100%. He should not be that starting choice, but you know what? He might surprise us. You never know. He, yeah, might, he, he might not be it because it's a while off now. But yeah, no, that's good. Uh, that's all we got to say today. It's been lovely talking to you. Uh, tune in next week to listen to everything rugby and everything we have to say. Take care.